Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 23rd, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 98 with the first paragraph, It Is Not the Matter. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Cassandra H., 12 Traditions of OA, Elizabeth B., and our readers of the text are Larry, Michelle H., Deb W., and Rakefet. The share ID for Tuesday, July 22nd, is 6679. 6679. The OA Preamble. Over Ears Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Cassandra H. to please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Cassandra H. Good morning, visionaries. This is Cassandra H., a grateful recovering overeater from Georgia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admit we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or ourselves. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Cassandra H. I will now ask Elizabeth D. to please read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, everybody. This is Elizabeth in Ohio. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Elizabeth. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then can share, but we ask thanks to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you please keep at least three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book Alcoholics Anonymous on page 98 at the first paragraph. We're going to read the first paragraph for context and the second paragraph for comments. 
And I'd like to please ask Larry to get us started. Larry? Good morning, Katie G. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, This is Larry, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give that often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Well, you know, I'm concentrating on, on the second paragraph here. It's such a powerful one. I, I underlined it uh, a number of years ago because I, I have a date in there. Um, you know, first, um, you know, it talks about getting well. You know, um, how did I get well? You know, I can tell you how I got well today. Um, first, not by theory anymore, not by what I read. And, uh, you know, I can't, you know, before I could say this is what the big book says and how one gets well. Now I can say with, with, uh, with the authority that comes from my higher power, you know, because I believe this book is inspired by God. Um, I just do. That I, I've ex- this is something I have experienced. I got well. I experienced it. I am living it today. And what did I do? How did I get well? I followed this practical program of action and precisely. And I had a spiritual awakening or a, or a complete psychic change sufficient to do a, a number of things, one of which is to you know, to arrest this disease, to to remove that obsession. So now I can stay stopped from, you know, I didn't wake up this morning in a food fog. I I didn't, you know, chew anybody out and spit them, you know, chew them up and spit them out yesterday. You know, I, I was helpful to people to, to the best of my ability. You know, I'm human. I'm no robot. I, But I'm well today. I'm congruent today. So that's the first thing. So it, you know, when I, in the in the context of this this paragraph, you know, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man, every woman, that they can get well regardless of anyone. You know what? You don't need any any particular person that carries a message. Of course, I try to light the pathway, you know, and and to show how I got well, and and to try my best to to walk someone through that, but. You know, it doesn't matter who you're working with. The only condition that's necessary for you, um, and, and this is what I found, is to trust in your higher power and clean clean your own side of the street up, clean your house for the harms you've done. And, you know, it reminds me, um, I remember going to, a, I think I was in program for about maybe a month, and there was a, a regional um a regional OA uh, conference in um, in Chicago, Chicago area, and I saw a speaker. There, there must have been, you know, two, three hundred people in the room, and I saw a speaker. This guy, and I thought, wow, that's a rock star, man. This guy lost a lot of weight. 
he just he I just so identified with what he had to say. And I remember this I, I remember um you know I was bold enough um to you know to go up to this guy and later and, and uh and boy I, I just I wanted you know I wanted what he had. That was what I learned, you know, you know, find someone who has what you want and you know, and that's who you, you ask. And I asked him to sponsor me. Of course I'd been through already, one sponsor already. Um didn't want to heed what, what they had to share. You know, and, and this person did sponsor me. And you know what? I didn't get well. Now, I think, in retrospect, this person, they remained abstinent. This person is still a very good friend today, and we talk on a regular basis. Um, this person is still following the plan. This quote-unquote rock star, you know, there's no hierarchy here. It didn't matter. You know, I think I saw some someone else on the line here um, speak at that same conference. She seemed to have what I wanted. That person couldn't have got me well. You know, the bottom line is is that um, is that we have to trust in God. Why? Because trusting in God, this is a spiritual program, and that's the the only thing that that's going to allow me to to work these steps to pick up this spiritual toolkit. And so if I could, you know, go to those pages, burn, that's a pretty, you know, burn into their consciousness. Let them know what happened to you. If it didn't happen to you, there's no burning into anyone's consciousness. It hasn't been burned into yours. It wasn't in mine until it happened. We can't carry this message until we have something to carry. So anyways, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. And who would like to comment for three minutes on the second paragraph that we read? Hello, Bonnie. This is Paula. Renata. Okay, hang on a second. Kim, Paula. Sorry, I wasn't writing fast enough. Kim, Paula, Renata, Sally. Okay, now, the first four women I have are Kim, Paula, Renata, and Sally, but I'm sure my ears are broken. Who did I miss? Rose. Rose. Was there anyone else that I missed? Wow, fantastic. Okay, so our lineup is Kim, Paula, Renata, Sally, and Rose. And we'll begin with Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Katie. Your ears sound pretty good to me. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, all. My uh, my name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive every year from South Jersey. I get chills every time I hear someone read this paragraph. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well get well regardless of anyone. So I'm going to address this specifically to my peeps. You know, not the person who's coming in for the first time into OA, but the person like me who would crawl back into OA time after time after time. People like me who thought that Overeaters Anonymous meant I was going to have to be recovering for the rest of my life. That people like me who didn't believe that you could be recovered People like me who thought that OA was just temporary respite. You know, my experience was periods of abstinence and being in the food, periods of abstinence and being in the food. And here it's telling us we can get well. Because let me tell you, my experience often was I would be abstinent for a while. And it was believed it was so much better than being in the food. But it was white-knuckled abstinence. And I would go back in the food and I'd crawl back and people would say, Kim, what happened? And I would tell them, and they go, oh, you know what? You're not going to enough meetings. I'm like, oh, okay. And I would go to more meetings. And then I would pick up. 
And I would crawl back again, and I would say, well, what happened? And I would tell them, oh, you're not making enough phone calls. Oh, okay, I'll make more phone calls. And I have to tell you, I didn't realize it until I really became a student of the big book. For 17 years in a 12-step program, what I really was doing is I was working an eight-tool program sprinkled with steps occasionally. And that's why I was suffering. If I want to get well in a 12-step program, I have to work all 12 steps. I have to put down the food, and then it's telling me here, the only condition is you trust in God and clean house. Trust in God is steps one through three. Cleaning house is steps four through nine. And then living that as a design for living is steps 10 through 12. And I remember this last time being so scared and talking to someone and saying, I don't know if this is going to work for me. How am I going to think this is going to work for me? I'm, and the person said to me, how arrogant are you? And I'm like, what? This program has worked for millions of people over years. Alcoholics, food addicts, compulsive, you know, compulsive overeating. What do you think you're special that it won't work for And I was trying to figure out what I can do more. And I looked at this program and I said, you know what? I'm going to trust that it works for these people who identify themselves as recovered. And I'm going to simply do the directions that it tells me to do and stop trying to add my own twist. And let me tell you, after 17 years of working in an eight-tool program, going in and out of the food, I recovered walking through these steps in eight weeks, six to eight weeks, somewhere around there. And uh, I've been recovered now for three and a half years. And believe me, it is possible for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And we'll continue our sharing with Paula. Paula, please go ahead. Paula, please press star one. I apologize for that, and I still continue to thank you for your service yet again. As it is read, it, as it has been read, and as I, it, it is just a beautiful, beautiful paragraph that stops you. And there, the idea, the only condition, there it is, that word only. You only have to do. That's all you have to do. I will tell you, can I say they come together only in all? The only condition is that he trusts in God. That's huge to come to this place. You see, I saw the steps as a upward climb. They were a downward climb to finally stop trusting myself and to trust God more than anyone, anything, any book. This sends me in the direction, trust in God in clean house. Well, there's an and there. There are two things. Cleaning house, that's when the trust developed. I finally cleaned myself out. Isn't that what it is? That's what the steps are about. And seeing where God will bring you. And that part that it says so beautifully, the only condition but it is a huge one. What a step. Finally, the step down to humility. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And we'll continue our sharing with Renata. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. 
um, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get wet regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts God and clean house. Until I started trusting and relying on God, I couldn't clean the house. I couldn't go forward with my steps. Um, I used to rely on my sponsor. And for two years, I didn't get any work done and I couldn't get well. And so, you know, and this reminds me a little bit of what we read a couple of days ago on the bottom of page 97. For the type of, of alcoholic who's able and willing to get well, little charity is, um, is needed. Uh, when I finally got willing to do the steps, my trust in God, because, you know, before I, was, I used to get paralyzed with fear, so that meant I was still trusting myself and trying to control everything and control the outcome. I couldn't recover. But when I started trusting God and moving forward, little charity was necessary. You know, it didn't matter what kind of sponsor I had, if I liked my sponsor or not. It didn't matter that my sponsor had to drop me in my step eight. It didn't matter that I had to change sponsor twice for, you know, random reasons. Because my trust was in God. I knew that God would help me and carry me through, and not a sponsor, not anyone else in this program. And um, thank God today I know that. And, uh, you know, I could finally get well, get recovered. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Renata. And we'll continue our sharing with Sally. Sally, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, and thank you for your service. And Good morning, vision For you, it's Sally A. in South Jersey a recovered compulsive overeater. This is one of my favorite paragraphs in the book. Just wonderful. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. And to me, when it says trust in God, we're speaking about step 1, 2, 3, 11, and really even 12, because I grow so much in my, in my faith and in my knowledge of God as I work with others. And clean house. Step four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and ten. And I think that really, it's this is really the twelve steps put in a nutshell: trust in God and clean house. And when it says burn the idea, you know, this was a very pivotal paragraph for me when I first really started to to my eyes really became open to what my deepest deepest problem was that I depended on everybody and everything. And I didn't depend on my higher power, on my God. And when it says burn, I picture cattle being branded by an owner. And I believe that that's what God did for me, that he branded my mind to understand finally that like cattle, I belong to my higher power, my creator. And so when it says burn the idea into the consciousness of every man, This is crucial. That's what it's telling us here. Who owns you? Who do you belong to? Your watchmaker, your creator. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well. You can get well. Please believe me. If I can get well after 29 years in OA, over and over doing step four and five, and never getting it that this book was an instruction manual that had 12 steps and not just 
five steps. If I can get well, you can get well, regardless of even you. The only condition is that you trust in God and clean house. And may I say, and my last thought is that even now, even now I struggle with, with, with days where I get scared and my deepest fear is that I'll do something, I'll say something, I'll do something wrong that I will hurt my relationship with a vision for you because a vision for you is so important for my recovery. Vision for you has been my chemotherapy. It has healed me in so many ways. No, I'm not cured, but I am truly in remission, backslash recovered. Vision for you has become so important in my mind that I can let vision for you become my God. But it's not. My God is my is my God. Ultimately, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say things wrong. I'm not going to always be a perfect sponsor. And all of us, we're all finite. Ultimately, our trust needs to be in God. Even if vision for you were to sink like the Titanic, my God will still be there. And so my trust is in my God. And I continue daily to clean house. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. And we'll continue our sharing with Rose. Marissa? Um, Marissa, we're going to allow Rose to share first. Oh, sure. Sorry. That's okay. Rose? Rose, are you available? Please press star one. Hi, Katie. I I got unmuted. I'm sorry, but I don't know what happened. So thank you so much for your service today, like, very much. I am Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, New York. And everyone from Larry to the to Sally here um, have said pretty much what I was going to share, except I do have one additional thing, <clears throat> which is the power of these uh, two sentences have come through what what everyone has said. In my experience, when I started doing Big Book Step Study process back in March of 2012, my sponsor did communicate to me, and it really was burned into my consciousness that I could get well regardless of anyone after I was stating to her um it wasn't going to work. These steps weren't going to work. Um, the change wasn't going to happen. That my circumstances were so um, horrifically impossible, it wasn't going to work. And she quietly said, if you do this work, meaning the 12 steps, like was so said so clearly by everyone else before me, because that is what I was going to say. Trusting in God, what it looked like for me, meant that I was cleaning house with all of the 11 steps prior to arriving at the 12th step. It included it the 12th step too. And so that's how it started for me, without having any emotional feelings or any intellectual belief that that this was going to work. I was 39 years in OA doing my own thing. I wasn't slipping. I wasn't relapsing. 
I wasn't struggling. I wasn't having problems with food. What I was doing was uh, eating the the way I wanted. I was working the program the way I wanted, which was not the way it was written in this big book. And so when the step work started, and as I followed the directions, and it it really penetrated. I was a, a sick person trying to get well. But it wasn't going to work unless I was admitting that I was powerless, unless I was coming to believe that a power greater than Rose was going to restore me to sanity. It wasn't going to work unless, thank God, I had made that initial decision to do the work. And then onward from steps 4 through 12, unless they took place, none of this was going to work. So my first sponsor, she did burn into my consciousness that I could get well. And and now all I can say is, is that this process of the steps has worked sufficiently that um, without, I don't want to take any more time, but there's stuff going on in my own life right now that not only would I be pulling my hair out and um, being out of my mind with fear, but I wouldn't have any trust that uh, God, who I, I do know is in my life, really is in charge and is leading me. And the power of this these two sentences, this paragraph, it has come through so much in what the previous speakers shared. So thank you so much for letting me share, and I'm so grateful I was able to get on the meeting this morning. I'll pass. Thanks, Rose. And now I'd like to ask Melissa or Marissa. I didn't hear your exact name. It's, it's Larissa with an L. Good morning, Larissa, everybody. neither. Okay, yeah, Larissa, thank go you. ahead. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, family. My name is Louis. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater and relapse survivor in New York. Um, so for me, this paragraph is a beacon of light and hope that many of the women on this line were for me. I I, I almost feel like I could say ditto to Kim uh, so many years in the rooms working the tools like a demon and never recovering from a hopeless state of mind and body because I got away with dabbling in steps instead of actually working them. And when the gift of desperation came in 2010 and I found um, that beacon of light and hope in the voices of recovered members who, it was just so clear to me, I wanted what they had. Um, and I didn't know what it would take. And I just said, I will do anything. I, I was just really clear. I would do whatever it takes to have what those women have. Um, I, I the, in this paragraph, the way I hold it for the people I work with, for my protégés, um, from the moment I commence working the steps with my protégés, I see them as recovered, sponsoring, and giving back. And um, from the moment we commence, there's this concept of getting out of selfish self-centeredness into service-mindedness, because the ultimate form of selfishness is to take the gift of your own recovery and to not be in constant thought of how to help the man who's still sick. And I'm so clear that the depth of my recovery is only there because of my incessant willingness to go to any length for the recovery of the man who's still sick the same way I was willing to for my own recovery. Um, and I just love that it's regardless of anybody. So it's not, you know, we don't create health and healing in another human being. 
that's between them and God. We get the miracle of bearing witness to those um, that healing process. And, and I call it the illusion of feeling useful in the world as we watch others recover. Um, I also believe that this program is for the people who want it and believe it can work for them. So it's so key that someone have that kernel of hope that they don't believe. I really believe that was terminally unique and because I had failed so many times. I, was a, I, I, I call myself a chronic relapser, but the truth is I was a chronic faller offer of food plan because I couldn't manage the decision to honor a food plan without God working in my life. And um, I am just so clear today that um, that people can recover regardless of anyone if they follow these directions. And I came into these rooms not even believing in a God and to have every cell in my body clear that I can't even imagine living my life without the God of my understanding, guiding and directing my thinking and my actions. Um, the fact that food used to own my soul and today um, it's not even a frame of reference. So um, to recover regardless of anyone means that life gets to unfold as life and when it doesn't go my way, I really get to follow these directions, turn to God, allow him into my life in a way that actually works so that instead of turning to a solution that didn't work, that was killing me, I get one that actually does work, um, which is really a miracle to me. So for anyone out there struggling with years of trying, you know, in a way and wondering will it ever work for me, anybody, if I could recover, anybody could recover. And um, to be in a healthy body today, uh, and more importantly, in a healthy mind and spirit, to have sanity restored, to be able to, you know, be in the flow of life, it, it's something not to be missed. So um, I love holding that space for my protégés. I love watching them heal. I love um, that God has enabled me to be useful in the world today to serve a purpose to help other people know that they too can recover. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thanks, Larissa. And this is Isabella, can I share? Oh, Colorado. Okay, one moment. So we have Bella, Sharon, H, Sarah, anybody else? Judy, F. Judy, anybody else? Okay, so we'll start our sharing for three minutes with Bella. Oh, I'm sorry, what was your name? Sue J. One more time. Sue G from Pennsylvania. Sue G, thank you. And so we'll get our sharing started for three minutes with Bella, and then we'll ask Sharon, Sarah, Judy F., and Sue G. Bella, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Such wonderful readings today. And I will talk about the last sentence. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And this is the order. First to trust God, and then to clean the house. And like the other people shared before, that trust in God is the step one to three, when step one is the only step that we have to do it 
completely perfect, 100% perfect. And what is step one to accept and admit that I am powerless? And yes, I accepted and admit that I am powerless, not only of the food. I am powerless of other people's behavior. I am powerless of other people thinking and believing. I am powerless of my financial situation. I am powerless of my husband's behavior and the way of acting. I am powerless, and therefore I am choosing to be connected to the power of God. Now, what is this power? It's a power of love a power of accepting, a power of respect. Yes, I am choosing to be connected to, to this power. And then when I am choosing, when I know that this power, the power of God is a power of loving, I am able to do the clean house. The clean house is with love as well. I am not doing... Step four to nine with fear, with anger. Yes, maybe it's painful because it's part of love, of life. But still, I am connected to the power of accepting. I know that it's not a, a, a step, the clean house. It's not a, an act of blaming and judging. It's an act of cleaning the house, not with fear, fearless, completely fearless, because I feel connected to God. And this is a connection of feeling safe and secure. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bella. And Sharon H., please go ahead. Hi, Katie. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And I love this paragraph because it's it's a reality for me in my life today, and I never thought it would be. I too was, uh, am one of those that were, <clears throat> excuse me, was in OA for many many years, unable to stay stopped. And when I started listening to this program two years ago in July of 2012, that burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that they he can get well regardless of anyone and I'm going to put anything in there too even though it doesn't say that and what made such an impact on me and that was God in my mind just shining this huge flashlight probably more like a spotlight started with when I heard um, I think it's page uh, Roman numeral 13 we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And then it went on into the doctor's opinion. And um, I am just so grateful that God chose that time in my life to have me hear those words and have them burn into my consciousness because they had not done so before. And then I seriously followed this book just like they said. It's a textbook. You follow the directions. You don't start in Chapter 5 or 8. You start from the very beginning, and then you just trust in the process um, without any questioning or debating 
And I have seen that it does come down to that very thing, trust in God and clean house. And that's what I had to do. And now, by God's grace, I have the privilege of living in and growing in steps 10, 11, and 12 daily. And I am just so grateful for this um, privilege to be doing that on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Sharon. And Sarah, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie G. Good morning, Visions, to you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. Um, wow, you know, so much has been said. It's hard to kind of follow it all. Uh, but I think the thought that I had that maybe gave a little, little different slant on it is, you know, so many people that call me um, are in the depths of some, some real big problems in their lives. Uh, not just regarding the food, because food is but a symptom, you know, but, you know, real issues, whether it be that they are having money trouble, uh, divorce, um, you know, the pain over loss with children or loss of someone. And, you know, they're, they're so unhappy and they don't know what to do with those problems. And I think the thing that comes into my mind is um, that we can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. Uh, if we put those problems aside and start working the steps diligently with willingness, uh, you know, it all will come to pass where we'll know what to do, where we'll have the answers. It's like we, we think that if we solve these problems and then start working the steps, that's the way that we can have sanity and serenity. My experience has been it's the opposite. I have a lot of history in my life, a lot of things done to people. to do it the most. Oh, Sarah? Uh, you know, yes? Um, we just missed about 45 seconds of your share, oh. so um, not sure how you want to move on from here. Okay. All right, Katie. Well, I guess the thought is that, you know, for me, I need to, once I start working the steps, my problems will dissipate. So, you know, the thing for me is that I, you know, no matter what's happening in my life, whether I'm going away on vacation, whether I'm having issues with my family, if I keep in the steps and keep my program as the most important, um, and that's what I read into this, uh, this is the condition that I trust in God and clean house, that I work my steps. So, you know, I welcome everyone that's brand new, people that are coming back. It does really work. And um, we are so blessed to have this beautiful program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And Judy F., please continue our sharing. Thank you, Katie G. Good morning, visionaries. This is Judy F., Buddha, a compulsive reader recovered from Massachusetts. And 
Yeah, I just want to bring out a couple of points. Um, one is that it's a great directions, and Bill and the first 100 knew that um, we needed that we as addicts, as alcoholics, as compulsive eaters, have a lot of excuses. I had a lot of excuses why it wasn't time, why um, you know I, I need to do this or this, or I, I don't have a job, I need to focus on that, so I can't do the steps. And so we knew that we have a lot of excuses, a lot of uh, defiance, and um, you know wanting conditions to be a certain way and then it's my own idea it was always in my own thinking and I had to change my thinking this was part of it is saying that we have another way putting God first the other thing I find interesting when I hear in OA meetings that um, you know they have someone to work you know the spiritual part of the program or there's the spiritual part and right here it's so clear it spiritual is the program right Coming to a spiritual awakening is the goal. It, it's all spiritual, and it's all about our relationship with God. And we have to work these steps to clear out the wreckage so we can have a strong relationship with God that works and that can guide us in our life. Um, and then just the third part is just keep it simple. Like um, us addicts, we need to keep it simple, and it's just simple. It's, you know, trusting God clean house and get to it. So that's all I wanted to bring up. Thanks so much. Thanks, DDF. And Sue G, please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. This is Sue G from Bourbon, Philadelphia, a great place. And I'm going on a journey today from Philadelphia, where I've lived for 23 years, through uh, or by New York City, where I was born, to Boston, yay, Massachusetts, where I lived for over 40 years. So I'd love to meet some of you folks in Boston. Maybe I'll try. Um, meanwhile, this, this is a journey, this, this, this trip through the steps and through life. And um, regardless of anyone, yes, we can all get recovered. We have to trust in God greenhouse, and then the third piece, help others. And our meeting is a wonderful one, and we've heard wonderful shares, and we'll hear some more. And here we are. My first sponsor said, when I was, she said, do service. Let's go there, and you'll find out about yourself some more. And I went, and I got mad about what happened in the service meeting sometimes, the arguing. And she said, go there. When you get upset, read the tradition. And, and I learned after that, Go there when you're not upset. Read the tradition. So I'm not upset. I'm excited about my journey. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And it says, tradition two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, page 562 in the big book. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. So what are we all doing here? We're, we're sharing. And in the sharing comes the voice of the higher power. And this is helping me because I'm a terrible suitcase packer, but I followed the voice of, of the higher power through the pal I have sitting next to me, my 48-year-old year uh, and marriage husband, who said, please pack your suitcase the day before so I don't have to deal with you packing your suitcase on the day of, the day we're leaving. 
And my, my suitcase has my stuff. And I'm actually going to go upstairs after this meeting and do a small amount of repacking, not to make it perfect, but to make it the way I want it and the way I'm guided to make it. I want to take the baggage with me that I want and leave the garbage at home. I can clean up the garbage when I get back. I don't need all of these beautiful clothes that I have in there. I just want the ones I'm going to have a good time in so I can go see one of those beautiful North Shore beaches and have a good time at my daughter's master's degree graduation and be fully present. Brings myself, my true self, to her graduation and just You so, please press star one. Sue, are you there? Hello? Am I? Hi. Hi, Sue. We lost Hi. about 30 seconds of your share. So Okay. Um, All right. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Um, r- wrapping it up, I was talking about packing my suitcase and taking, taking the things that enhanced my voyage and leaving the rest behind that I don't need to have everything. When I have everything, when I try for everything and I try to be everything myself, instead of trusting God to guide me, what happens is I'm loaded with extra baggage. And that second tradition brings me out of it. But I can always remember, go, go to a meeting, go to this meeting. This is a meeting which has a group conscience, which has the, the virtue of the share of everybody. And that how we can recover, but with using that to work the steps, that without the steps, the the message I get is all muffled and full of extra baggage. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Sue, and we'll continue sharing on this paragraph for three minutes with Lauren S. Lauren, please go ahead. Thank you. Okay. Um, Hi, Lauren S., as in Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, you can get well regardless of anyone, any sponsor, you know? Oh, oh my gosh. I have three examples of why this is experiential. The first was the founder of this entire Bill Wilson's sponsor, Ebby, did not stay sober. I believe he died sober the last six months of Ebby's life. We're sober, but Ebby went back to drinking. And it did not affect Bill. It did not affect Bill's recovery. Bill was propelled by God in his heart that said, Bill, you got to help God's kids. The second example is, oh, gosh, I was listening to this recovered speaker that I I probably reference every time I share, but he was telling a story of this institution that he visits. And this man was sober for 40 to 45 years, and he drank again. And he was dead within six to eight months. And he died at this institution and bashed his head into this rock by this tree that they call the dying tree. He could not get sober. 
His sponsor was Bill Wilson. His sponsor was Bill Wilson. The third example is me. People would tell me, you need a recovered sponsor. You're good. And I was saying, you know, I'm going through this big book workshop. My sponsor right now, she's recovered in another fellowship, but she, we're kind of on the same boat in OA. They would say, you're just diving with support. You don't have a recovered sponsor. You're just diving with group support. I said, you know, I'm trying the best I can, but I don't know a single person in Pittsburgh who's recovered through the big book, who's an OA that I Actually, I'm Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I just want to close the meeting with saying, you know, I too um, concur with all of the beautiful shares that were were made today. And um, when I got abstinent and I was in a thin body, I thought, where's my stuff? You know, like I saw all these women in the rooms, and they were in thin bodies, and they were married, and they had kids, and they had jobs, and they had careers. And there's this really big secret, right? It's read at every meeting. These are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, newly abstinent. I need a new relationship. These are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Well, I need more money, and I need a job, and I need this. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And at every meeting, I heard, these are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And for me today, what it means that I've it's burned into the consciousness of every man he can get well regardless of every anyone is what everybody said. No matter what's going on in my life, I need to place God in front of everybody. And the only way for me that I can get to God is by trusting him enough, saying, you know what, God, I'm not eating today. I'm going to show up despite my fears, despite whatever craziness, mishigash is going on in my head, and, and to keep my house clean and say, you know what, God? I am not running the show today. I am no longer in management, and I am okay with that. Whatever you want, please use me. And it is so unbelievable each and every day that I have a primary purpose. You know, no, no matter what happens in my life, I have a place to go, a place that I can be, be, be belong, a place where I'm not eating no matter what, and a place where most significantly, like, I get to be of service to God. And, um... You know, I've been through a lot in, in my abstinence and with these steps, and God has been with me. And, and you know, the best, one of the best promises is, is that the things I give to God are better than I can imagine, and that is what I focus on each and every day, and I know that today um, because of the privilege of being a recovered woman in this program one day at a time. And it is 7.55, and I just want to thank you, everyone, for their enthusiastic sharing and um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I would like to ask Michelle H. to please read A Vision for You. Yes, good morning. <clears throat> um, this is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.